podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey, and you're listening to the guys of Coppin Fractures. Everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of Copy and Fracker, proudly part of the Touchline Fracker Network. I'm your host for this week's episode, Chris, and this week I am joined by Joe, Julian, Anik, and Glam. Last but not least, Mr. Glam. Sorry, I didn't introduce you first. Now, how do you feel about that? <laughs> to talk about a a really good week of all things LFC based. So, just quick, a quick, few quick housekeeping notes before we get stuck into it. Uh, please, please, please head over to our YouTube channel, the Touchline Fracas YouTube channel, and do subscribe to all the fantastic video content we've got going over there. Uh, the guys are back in the studio for the main part, so there's a lot of good, a lot of good banter from that point of view. Uh, from the Arsenal United game of the weekend, there was a lot of uh, tears shared and a lot of laughs had. So go and watch all the content from that game and from ourselves here at Cop End. Uh, of course, we do have our Patreon page. So if you do like what we do here and you want to get a little bit more content please do head over to www.patreon.com forward slash cop and fracas and from as little as three pound per month you'll get access to a wealth of content that we've got up there uh, including mark's uh, now world famous uh op watch uh, post-match uh, reaction shows and all the other stuff we've got going on as well so yeah if you do like what we've got going on over there head over and subscribe today so gents let's kick off with a fantastic liverpool victory 6-0 over atlanta in italy today um Jurgen Klopp heard everyone talking shit about how he's never won a game in Italy in his managerial career and then went over to um, Bergamo and did that. So, yeah, fantastic performance. Julian, I'll start with you. Uh, obviously, the main 
point of the main talking point before the game was uh, would Diogo Jota start in the lineup as opposed to Bobby Firmino? Um, and he not only did he start, he absolutely bloody dominated. Three goals, a ten out of ten performance. Uh, I thought he was absolutely sublime. Sublime. He is more than our, more than more than what I was expecting. He's a magnificent, magnificent player. You know, once upon a time, people used to tell us that you know. You know, our own fans used to tell us there was only one way of playing, you know. We needed a specialist defensive uh, striker up front. And, you know, we wasn't able to tick the way we tick without, um, you know, Firmino playing up front. But it was good today to see that, you know, when you actually have, you know, Joe, who's part of our front three that, that stays forward, wants to get forward, wants to get goals and looks like he can finish, what we can actually do, we can dominate against teams. And, yeah, man, it was it was a brilliant, brilliant performance. Um Probably one like it's up there. Probably as our best Champions League performance, I would say. Port um, Porto is probably close. Porto is close. That's 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 for me. But that was that was amazing. So yeah, three wins, three clean sheets in the Champions League. We've got it all wrapped up with um, the two away, the two hardest away games as well, Atlanta and Ajax. And we've got two, we've got both of them at home. So we can kind of not say smooth sailing, but like you know, take take our foot off the gas a bit. So yeah, that's that's. That's good. No, I completely agree. I mean, in terms of from what we've discussed in, in, in the group as well, I'm going to stretch on the three clean sheets there because I thought, I mean, we're such a weird one. Last season, we didn't keep a clean sheet at all in the Champions League. And considering we we're playing teams such as, you know, Leipzig, I can't remember who the other team, who was the other team in our group? Uh, um, Club Bruges. Was it Bruges? Club Bruges. Um, and yeah, it was Club Bruges and there was another so, team. Salzburg, I said Leipzig, didn't I? It was Salzburg. Salzburg, yeah. Salzburg Club Bruges, and I don't remember another one. It's Napoli. Napoli, no. It's always Napoli. Napoli. It's, always, it's always Napoli. It's forever Napoli. And we're eternally in this battle with Napoli for the rest of the time. Um, yeah, considering we never kept a clean sheet during the entire competition, it was. Uh, it's, it's quite nice to know that we can go away, especially, like you said, to these bigger away grounds, you know, uh, the the Johan Cruyff Arena, uh, formerly known as the Amsterdam Arena, and to Atlanta, where you know they're a high-scoring opposition, and we can go in and keep clean sheets. So that's that's really good. Uh, Joe, I'll come to you. Um, just touching on what Julian said there, I think as far as performances go in the Jurgen Klopp era in terms of dominance, that has to be in the top ten at least. Yeah, it was a really good performance. Um, no complaints. Um, I was really impressed with Reese um, Williams. I can't his name right. Um, it really composed um, on the ball as well. Um, I guess my key takeaway outside of the performance on Diogo was, you know, we can now rest a few of our players if we need them to over the next um, couple of games. Maybe play one more game and then rest them for the remaining remaining games. But I mean, we won't be able to. You know, we can't. Go on without speaking about Jota. Jota is—he scares me, and I say he scares me because I—I—I I, I knew he was good, but I didn't think he was this good. He is scary. Like he seems very comfortable on either either foot, and he just seems to just have that—that that want to get in behind the line and just just get a goal. And when he gets in those opportunities, he's just eerily calm and confident and it's, it's really strange. So I'm, I'm excited. And I'm also like, just cautiously optimistic too, because um, we've been here before, uh, but I mean, 
he's he's amazing. So um, I won't ring I won't ring his bell too much. Last time I did that, um, I last time I said that Joe Gomez is the best England centre back. He 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 put on the disaster class the next day. So um, I'll be um, a bit cautious on on that on that side of things. But it was an amazing performance. <laughs> we're not going to label that the Joe curse, but um, yeah, we're gonna have to keep an eye on that one. And watch who you're praising, fella. Um, but no, yeah, I think one of the big concerns I remember people saying that when we signed him, and I mean, this is the guy I've watched fairly closely for a fair few number of years now, just kind of just having a keen interest in, in Wolves, uh, was that kind of like lack of pace more than anything. The acceleration is definitely was always definitely there, but the pace wasn't. And I guess that was more because you're playing up on the halfway line more than anything in that Nuno system as opposed to where you're playing in versus. It's a lot more fluid. You've got a lot more interchanging going in, and. It's, it's, it's a complete package. He's someone who can dribble, he can take on a man, someone who can break the last line. It's just, in terms of what you want from a fluid footballer, and especially for the way that we play football, and hopefully the way that we will evolve our football as well, you know, possibly interchanging from the 4 3 3 going to a 4 2 3 1 as well, where we just get as many good players on the pitch as possible. It's, it's such a bonus thing to have. And I mean, we, we, we've talked about it a fair few times tonight as well. Yeah, he's so well. Like, I was going yeah. to say, he's like, we was going when we went in for Werner and we missed out on him to get Joe Art and get him now like he slotted in so well like it's just the perfect perfect signing for us like surprisingly I wasn't even too not so I was not gonna say I wasn't too big on him but wasn't too you know like fussed about him but to see how he's come in and started man so happy that we got him instead of instead of Werner it's it's, it's strange because there was early analysis that was showing he was comparable to, to Mane in regards to the positions he takes up on the, on the field and um, the kind of runs he makes. And it's really strange because um, you would expect those sort of um, runs from Mane, but you're getting them from more than two players now. You're getting them from three players who, can, who are quite mobile and an interchangeable front three and who can get in behind the lines and who can, in, in, in their own respects, um, finish the ball. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I... Chris mentioned that he maybe had a few, I guess, doubts around his speed. Um, I don't know. Like, he seems to glide. So I don't know if, if that's going to be an issue for us. I just think that with the way we create chances and the way we move, I don't think the, the speed should matter. I think, he, I think he's quick enough, I feel. Mm. I feel, I, feel, I feel he's quick enough in the way we play. You just need the first 10 yards and once you pull away, you're away. So I'm, 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 I'm excited, but I'm not really, I'm not really going to put, put my foot down and say, you know, he's, yeah. the best, he's the best thing since sliced bread. So, yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's coming and he's just slotted in so well where we've seen a lot of players kind of just to struggle to kind of fit the system and uh, take a few months to settle in. It's just coming. It's, it's such an instant impact. It's just, it's, it's absolutely unreal. Though. I'm looking forward to seeing him play a lot more. I mean, that was the, one of the interesting things I saw from today, I was just looking at the average player positions. Him and Mane, and I don't know if you guys saw this throughout the game as well, but him and Mane are playing very close to each other. Like they were almost getting each other's way at certain points. Um, but obviously when they're playing more as a team and more together and getting more minutes together, that'll just obviously naturally solve itself. So no, I'm looking forward to just seeing them all kind of play together um, going forward. But uh, Glam, I'll come to you on this one. Um, how good is it having Alison Becker to guide a young centre-back such as Reese Williams through the game? Um, yeah, obviously I do want to touch on that, but first of all, I want to talk about Jota just quickly, if that's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, now, briefly, obviously... I had I had my reservations of Jota. 
um, not for his quality, but his speed, and obviously how 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 we play. And but from the first moment he come and he came on the pitch, I was like, no, this guy's got to start. It, 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 it's just he just lifted the whole um, the cohesion, obviously, of the style and play and the way he slotted in. I just thought to myself, no, this guy's got to start. And I know you guys were mentioning before you were listening um, that obviously you should sign him, but from when I saw him, no. He's a Liverpool player in out through through and through, and yeah, I, I'm I'm just delighted that how he started and I agree for. I just wanted to get the opportunity to go forward, but in terms of obviously Allison and um Reece Williams, I'll be honest, um I'm a bit skeptical of the fact that obviously where he's young, I don't want too much expectation on his shoulders. Um, the the boy is doing brilliantly. Um, he 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 don't seem fade. He seem composed. Um, you know, and I think. Alisson there, along with Gomez, I think that helps him a lot, guiding through games. But I just want us to take our time with him, you know, have him around the first team, but not solely heavily um, be reliant on him. But he, he, he looks a terrific talent, man. He's got the size, you know what I mean? He, he's, he, he's, he's good in the air. But also today, what I saw, he, he, he's, got the, he's got the touch and the composure. So I'm, um, I'm excited for him. He wasn't on the radar on 23, then I watched it on 23 a lot, but yeah, he's just shot up, man. Hats off to him. Yeah, he's he's kind of he's he's kind of come out of nowhere, really. Mm. Uh, I mean, we've, we've all kind of had an idea of who Nat Phillips is in comparison, let's say, um, with, with his talent. But it's, it is a strange one because we all, I mean, at the beginning of the season, we all would have said Keanu Hoover would be the guy to come in. Obviously, he he now plays for Wolves, ironically. Um, and yeah. you know, Reese Williams wasn't really on the radar. I mean, I could any of us really said we knew he was on loan at Kidderminster last season? <laughs> no, bro, I'm saying. Crazy, <laughs> so, crazy story. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a nice story to see, and he's he's come mm. in and he's been integral to keeping free clean sheets in Champions League. And for two of those games, he's been playing with. Uh, I think he might be no, just the one game he's been playing with Adrian in goal as well. So say you can clean sheet with Adrian in goal, he's quite the quite the quite the badge of honour to have, really. But um, yeah, I think it's one of those ones where he needs to hit the gym as as the resident. Gym, <laughs> no, no, here, I'm going to let you take the reins on this one. So what, what do you think he should be looking to kind of do uh, gym wise, kind of get his uh, <laughs> get his, his muscles going? <laughs> yeah, no, he's. he's um, I think that will come with the physicality of the Premier League. Um, they will get him in the gym. I just think, obviously, as you said, he's on loan to Kidderminster. Um, the focus is, and we all agree, the focus is when you get into the Liverpool team, you've got to add a bit of um, physicality um, in your game. Um, and I think and I think he will. But once once he gets that unlocked, like, Jesus, man, he's going to be a phenomenal. 19 years of age. Well done, boy. Don't know about the bonnet, though. I don't know about that haircut, man. I don't know about that. He's got to sort something out with that, man. I don't know. <laughs> hairdressers or something. But yeah, no, definitely. I'm, I'm happy we've got the kid. Go get a nice little fade in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alec, I'll come to you on Reese Williams. Um, I just want to touch a bit more on kind of like, I don't know if you noticed, um, one of the advantages of not having um, kind of crowd noise is that you can hear everything that's going on in the pitch and you can kind of hear all the little things. One of my favourite things from this game was Klopp saying that, you know, how the fuck was that a foul? And find out he's broken his nose five times, which is, you know, nice information to have. Um, but I think one of the things I took away from this game was the communication between Allison and his centre-backs and how vocal he is. And he wasn't afraid to give people a bit of a bollocking. And, he, and the nice thing that I was seeing from him was he was telling Reese Williams off at certain points in the game, but he was also guiding him through him, just giving him little instructions to where to go and pushing out the ball. 
just how good is it to see stuff like that in the game? Yeah, I think that's that's really important. Um, really crucial to definitely have Alisson there. I think he made some two cracking saves as well. I think when yeah. we were three and four nil up, um, even then he was still focused, still concentrated on the game at hand, regardless of us being in such a comfortable position. Um, also, letting the, the two centre-backs know is key because obviously without Verge there, it's good that we can actually see Alisson's importance in terms of leadership not only between the sticks and the shot-saving capabilities, we can actually hear the sort of instructions that, that he's given to them. Um, and it's not like he's being overly difficult on them. He's like kind of guiding them and instructing them um, what to do. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely refreshing to have him there. Um, massive, massive upgrade to Adrian. So I'm so happy to have him there. Um, it's chalk and cheese, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, no, <laughs> top 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 having Alisson there and I think and I, th- I think it's going to definitely be crucial moving forward having in between um between the sticks because we've got some tricky games coming up so yeah it would be would be definitely beneficial to have him there yeah completely agree um I'll kind of Alec, I'll come back to you on this point as well actually um we've seen Trent this this season be a I think be a lot more withdrawn from the attacking side of his game we haven't seen him really get going um it's completely different to the way it was last season as we saw him just look a little bit off the broil at the beginning of last season as compared to this season where I think he's trying to focus more on the defensive abilities of his game. Obviously, that's a bit of a compound factor of um, no Allison for certain amounts of games and also no Van Dijk now for the rest of the season. Um, but we saw today him getting a lot more freedom in himself and kind of reverting back to me, but whilst also keeping the good defensive elements of his game. Do you think that's more to do with the fact that it was a bit more of an open-paced game that Atlanta were trying to get a bit on the front foot a bit more and there was a lot more space? And the fact that their kind of left wing back was leaving a, little few, a few more gaps open? Or do you think that it's all kind of clicked together now and we're going to see that trend for the remainder of the season? Um, so on this point, I think it's actually a bit of both. And I know that's kind of sitting on the fence, but I definitely know um, that this week he came out and said that the 7-2 game against Villa was a massive wake-up call for him. So I think he put. I think him and the team have definitely taken the key defensive lapses away from that and realised, okay, there's clearly some defensive elements of our game we need to work on because I know him and Joe Gomez were like seen as def- defensively poor, definitely in that game. So I think that's been a wake up call for him, and he probably needs to realise, yeah, look, I need to work on the defensive side of my game. But then again, you know, just just watching the game, you saw Atalanta today and the way they set up, like they were just going to go. They were, they, were, they were just going to try and fight fire with fire. And I think when, when you come up against a Liverpool side like ours, you know, there's only really going to be one winner. Um, and, and, and as arrogant as that sounds, when Trent's in the form, not the form, when, when, when Trent has the ability that he has and he's up against, you know, that, that sort of space, it, it obviously gives him um, a chance to flourish. I think, I, I think he put in a perfect Sterling performance. So I think... They, they all could have got above nines today. I think it was, it was a fantastic team performance. Yeah, I think um, for this season, possibly Chelsea, probably Chelsea, probably Arsenal, I, I would say for this season, has probably been the pinnacle of how we've been playing yeah. um, as the benchmark. But this definitely eclipses it uh, for me uh, right now. And hopefully we can kind of maintain that going forward. But again, uh, like, like you said, we're not we're playing against free-flowing attacking football teams who are looking to try and be a bit more aggressive against us going forward. So it's always one thing to do, bear in mind. Um, Julian, I'll come back to you on this one. Uh, midfield selection for today. Um, 
uh, Ginny Wijnaldum, Jordan Henson and Curtis Jones. Um, Naby Keita did come on and was, I say, fairly impressive. He, he looked up for the challenge, which is a good sign of things. Um, obviously, we're going into a game of the weekend, which will require a bit more steel from the midfield as well. What, what would you be looking for from our midfield, um, from what you've taken away from this game? Because I thought they were really impressive. Again, another phenomenal performance from Jordan Henderson, um, which will pain a few pain a few people uh, looking in, looking in from looking out from the inside. Sorry, got there in the end. Um, but yeah, in terms of the midfield performance of today, is there any positives you can take going forward as well from it being a more of a diverse midfield? Let's say. Yeah, it was very. It was a very mature midfield performance because I feel like most of the chances we conceded luckily didn't come from our mid, like um, gaps in our midfield. It was mostly from the fullback positions and just you know trying something and then yeah, it came through. But Henderson, like like monster class, like he was amazing today. Um, proper led. I could even like I wasn't listening with the with the fake crowd noise, so I could hear him like giving people a bollocking, uh, shouting at the defense. He's like, oh, when when people are that like, do well is that like, great, great, great job, that like, great job, that like, that. Um, I'm a big Henderson fan, so I know Glam is there, just like thinking, right, like, like, what's this guy talking about? <laughs> but I like Henderson in it. So and performances like today, like, really make me really like, yeah, really make me feel confident when he's in our midfield. Curtis Jones, I felt like in the first 15 minutes, he was a bit, oh, he was a bit touch and go. Um, yeah. I, but he did grow into the game. He stepped up, kept it. Right, kept it ticking, which is what you, which is what I expect from a 19-year-old in the big Champions League game. Just got to keep the ball ticking, got himself a nice assist. So I felt like he played well. But in these type of games, I would expect Naby Keita to be in them going forward. Um, Genie surprisingly as well. I liked his um him joining the press. Um, so what um what probably was probably missing from our front three um was that Firmino and pressing the midfield to try and get the ball. To, sorry, pressing the midfield and pressing the. Um, attackers to try and get. I'm sorry, the defenders to try and get the ball back, and because um, Jota wasn't, he done, he still he still done that job, but what? But he wasn't really his. That wasn't his main focus. And I feel like Genie was great at stepping up and you know, and being the person to initiate the press and helping out with helping out with actually getting the ball ticking as well. So yeah, mature midfield performance from from everyone. They everyone done their job and they done it well. Yeah, I just want to touch on that one other performance as well. He did a real good job of keeping Papu Gomez quiet, also, which I thought was a, which was really good. I mean, he's probably uh, Atalanta's best player, and he didn't really get a sniff in the game, um, which was kind of a strange one to see. Because I thought he'd come in and probably probably bag one, or at least get an assist to Ivan Zapata or, or Muriel. But um, yeah, I mean, that's one of those performance performances where you can look at it, and you know, when people really say, "Oh yeah, okay." That was when Genie hasn't really played well. Well, they say, okay, cool. There's loads of these attributes that Klopp would have looked at and say, yeah, that's a really good game. But for us looking at it, that's one of those games where you can see it and say, yeah, that's a really good Genie Wilds performances because you can see the areas where he's getting on the pitch, where he's pressing with the attack and how he's just getting on the ball. Him pushing forward a lot more, I think, definitely helps because you can saw him popping up in areas and he was dribbling a lot more too. And it's just giving him a little bit of that creative freedom, which I thought if we want to kind of utilise his best stuff going for the remainder of his Liverpool career, because I still think he's probably going to leave on a free um, come the end of the season. That's what we probably should be doing going forward. He's a very athletic player. Very, very yeah. athletic player. He's very physical. Um, like, like he's up, able to get up and down the pitch. Like when he gets it together, Genie Wijnaldum, when he, when, he's like, when he has the ball, when he has time to get the ball, when he has time to actually like, do a function instead of kind of sitting idle in the midfield, like he really, really can perform. But yeah, brilliant performance from our midfield, man. Joe, I'll come back to you. Any kind of key takeaways that you took from this game? 
kind of from the block of fixtures that we've had after the international break as well. I know I mentioned before that this gives us this performance um, gives us the opportunity for us to possibly rest players um, in the upcoming games. Um, I and I emphasise that just because we're we're, we're going to need it because we are running a super tight schedule where we're playing almost yeah. maybe twice a week. Um, probably even I think after the sorry, sorry, sorry to inject, mate, but I yeah, think after uh, the after this international break, this is when the gauntlet fully kicks in. Right, um, it's going to be right. insane. Well, going into like the Christmas period, and, and and so as as you would expect, yeah. So this gives us the opportunity to to, to rest some players. Um, I think also the best thing about this performance is it just feels like maybe the confidence is seeping in. And as you mentioned earlier with Genie, this is probably minus the goal. This is probably the most um, we're gonna get. The closest we're gonna get to the genie that plays for the Netherlands. Like he just, he just looked really dynamic today. And I was, and I was in my head, I was thinking, this is the genie I need to play in the midfield three with um, Thiago and with Hendo or with Fab or whoever. He just moved about, he, he knew, looked, he looked like he knew what he was doing. Um, I was also really impressed with I guess the way we, we performed defensively. Um, I, I, I'm pretty hard on Joe Gomez, but he was the senior figure in in the defense outside of um, Allison, and he just looked to be a lot more assured. Um, even though he had a, a younger um, player next to him, he, he you know he stepped up a, a little bit. So um, I'll, I'll shout out Joe Gomez on that. I've been hard on him the last couple of weeks. It's, it's tough love, but um, he put up a decent performance, um, and you could argue, you could argue that he was. Um, I guess the, the last couple of games as well, he's been pretty pretty good, almost man of the match worthy as well. So those are a few of my takeaways. I think I, I think on, on on the back of that, Chris, I also want to touch on um, Shaw's finishing. I think um, all three goals that he took was really really well um, really well taken. I think if you look at the first goal, that was he showed the willingness to get in behind there. Um, and the finish was so deft. Um, the second goal, when the ball comes over to him, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I wasn't expecting him to finish the way he did, the way he took it from one foot onto the other. His first and touch was it in at the near post. Yeah. I just, I just, I, I wasn't expecting that. And he just, just took me back and I was like, that is a quality, quality finish. And then the third one, you know, just the composure in front of goal to, to, to round the keep and, and casually stroke it. And I think, um, the finishing from 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 Jot is definitely something that um, that Agreed. yeah that needs to be voiced. Agreed. Yeah, I mean he's always been. This is the thing. Just just back on Jota for for a little bit. I think he's always been a bit of an un, unheralded hero, even even with his time at Wolves. Because I think when you think of Wolves and the thing you think of the attacking prowess you have there, you you automatically default to you know either Jimenez or Adama Traore from the pure P and P perspective. But he does. He, even even then, he kind of like just did a lot of all the dirty work, and he was more of the the engine player for that attacking three. And but the finishing is just it's absolutely sublime. And yeah, it's all good. It's good this football stuff, isn't it? <laughs> Think about it. When, it all, when it all comes together, it's, it's really good, isn't it? <laughs> but no, I mean, um, so I do want to touch about the, the midfield again. And when you see them all stepping up and performing like this, how they did this evening, 
And then you look at who we've got left from a talent point of view to kind of come in and supplement as well. So you've got you've got a world class midfielder in Thiago's coming. You've got a, a talent who we've still really not seen the best in from um, uh, from a, from an injury point of view with Naby Keita. And then you've also got Curtis Jones, who uh, yeah, and we had a little bit of discourse within the group chat about this about kind of how he performed against West Ham, which we'll talk into in a little bit and how he performed tonight. I think he's been a bit of a slow burner player to feel himself out within the games, but which is to be expected when you're still kind of 19 and, you know, you're kind of still fitting into the team and finding your place and find out where you need to go. But yeah, I think what he's been delivering as the game went on was a lot, was fairly Lallana-esque. I don't know how you guys feel about that. A lot of the turns, kind of like the ball recension, seeing what players are going through, using the safe pass as well, as opposed to the killer ball, which was really impressive for me to see from him. Yeah, no. Um, I'll be honest. I, I wasn't impressed with him at West Ham. Um, I think I, I think he was way too quiet and didn't get on the ball enough um, for me. Um, he did look a bit lost, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, you got hooked, which rightly so. Um, so when he started today, I was kind of surprised. Um, obviously, I put you in the group as well. That hmm. Um, but yeah, no, he done well. The mid three um, done well. Um, I think Ginny had one of his best games for a long while. You know, he got on the ball, he, he, he was physically strong. Do you know what I mean? He brought the ball forward, he's getting into tackles. I think he, you know what I mean, he showed himself well. But Jones, he went about his, his work really good, man. I was I was really impressed with him today. And obviously, as you said, the whole team was good, but it was just good to see, you know, Jones um, actually play well. And Atlanta are a good side. I, I wasn't expecting that. They're a good side. I know they had defensive problem before the game, but mm-hmm. their line was a Ridiculous, man. <laughs> Joe, for me, must have been sitting on the bench thinking to himself, of all the fucking games I just set out, bro, <laughs> this is the game. Do you know what I mean? Because their line was just all over the place, man. They was there to be taken. But yeah, no, I'm happy for Jones. I'm happy for him. Yeah, really happy for him. Um, good to see, uh, I guess it's good to see the, 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 the forgotten man who I thought, you know, at this point, is he becoming a bit of a an image in my mind, Costa Shimikas. I mean, to see him come on, and he, he, looked, he, looked quite, he looked quite fairly decent, didn't he? Um, I mean, granted, it was about 10 minutes, but I mean, he looked, uh, looked all right. Mate, what happened to him? Did he get shot? Because he came on, <laughs> like, a month before his debut, and I haven't seen that guy ever. Ever, he got, ever, ever. He got corona. He got corona, but then he got an injury, didn't he, after that? Yeah, I think he got injury before. I think he got corona. No, he, got, he, he got that injury in pre-season, didn't he? And yeah. then he got mm. corona, yeah. Because, mate, just, I'll be honest with you. If I saw him on the street, I wouldn't recognise him. I wouldn't know who he was. No, I wouldn't. No, some, some fella. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Some guy, man. Like, do you know what I mean? I was like, but no, um, he, needs, he, needs, he needs to be getting integrated with the team, man. Hopefully he stays fit, So because we're going to need him. We're going to need the rotation. As um, Joe said, we're going to need these players, man. Oh, honourable shout-out to Nico Williams as well. When he came on, I thought you'd done the work. I used to go on to the youngers a lot, yeah, but they look like they come through. The bar is the bar is so low. Nah, come on. He, he, he uh, that's a good point, Johnny. He came on and he looked he looked lively, he didn't he? Um, how long how long was he on for? At the Home Depot, we improve things. This holiday season. We've improved Black Friday. Instead of one day of crazy, we've lowered prices now, and they'll stay low all season. From decorations to dishwashers, wreaths to ratchet sets. So sleep in. You're not going to miss Black Friday. Not one little bit. 
Black Friday improved. The best prices of the year already here at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only while supplies last. See store for details. Mate, he said something for the break, mate. Huh? He said something for the board. Oh, oh he did? Oh, uh, yeah. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, will, I, I will be the first to concede when, when I'm wrong, but... I, I, I need to see more from Nico Williams before, you know. Of course. I, yeah, yeah, of course. But he's still yeah, young. No, that's, that's still young. Yeah, yeah. That's, but that's, that's not to say that I think he's, that's not to say that I think he's, he's bad. I just think I don't want to be one of those fans that, okay, you see someone once or twice and then you dub them the next best thing. I, I want to see a little bit more. And I think. Yeah, no, of course. Um, Joe, you said you're not going around calling everybody <laughs> star, star boy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 star yeah, boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you sometimes, you know, people start calling people star boy and, and, and cats, you know, who may have the same hairstyle as me, better than Trent Alexander Arnold or, um, you know, stuff like that. But, but we, we like to take a more analytical approach to how we, how we rate our, our players, you know, but that, you know, that, that's for another day. And also, you know, the cup and favourite, where were you when Nico was getting cooked? So, I mean, there's also that. <laughs> but no, I mean, uh, just one thing, just one last thing I want to touch on in a sense to the Atalanta game as well. The fluidity and movement from the front three um, in that game, it was, it was really good. They all look really connected. They all look really, really good. And I'm hoping that... Nice, isn't it, Chris? It's, it's nice good, man. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's nice to know that you can you can hmm. have options, and that's bro, you know I'm bro. not, bro. I've not been against the options, isn't it? I've always I, just said I, I give me a name. It's nice. I'm not. I'm not. It's <laughs> not good, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. good. See, yeah, guys. If you, it's you nice, know, man. It was, it was great to see, wasn't it? You know, we actually can play football without you know having someone kicking shins in midfield. It's <laughs> nice, isn't it? It's nice. It's okay, it's guys. Nice. It's cool. <laughs> Nah, it's, it's it's just nice to know that we've got different options everywhere, really. I mean, like we were, like we said in the group, I and mean, we've seen we've been conditioned for so long to see Origi as the first attacking sub or the first oh. anything to be breaking oh. into the front three. It's night and day against chalk and cheese, and I mean we've got all these different options off the bench now. You've got, I mean, you you've got either one of Firmino or Jota. You have uh, Minamino, who's his full potential is still yet to be unlocked, which is yeah. quite an exciting possibility. Uh, you've got um, I'm missing Shaq. 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 Yeah, yeah, you got yeah. that. You got that. <laughs> <laughs> a nasty guy, man. Um, <laughs> you got the guy with the, with the large. You know what was quite funny actually? Um, he got asked about Shaq in the press conference before the game, and he was saying that like, how come he's not been playing? And he literally said he, he's had an issue for the past 12 months with his calves. It's like one one asset you think that man would not have an issue with his calves. Like, oh. like they, they, are, they are ridiculous. They are athletic, so, so to, Wham. to speak. It's probably calf strains all, all the way yeah. through. Yeah. I, can, I can imagine so. I can imagine so. But he, he's, a, he's a really good player. And, I, and the game before, I, I was mentioning just. His IQ is just off the charts. He's really, 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 really. He's a good player. I mean, I don't know how the fans feel about Shaq, but I feel if he really applies himself, the talents there. If he really applies himself, he could be a massive asset. You know? Do you know what I like about Shaq? It's the maturity in his performance. Like it feels like whenever he comes on, he just knows what to do. Like it's not mm. like uh, uh, there obviously have been some games where he just come on and he's just done an absolute madness. 
like where he's just like I think it was against what's it called against against when um Barcelona when he came on, man was just moving nuts. Um, but yeah, there's been games where he comes on and he just kind of like just get kind of gets lost. But I feel like as of late, his like contributions have been like so mature. He comes on, he knows how to make the right pass, he knows how to hold on to the ball. He's always keeping it ticking. Man, like even when he starts in like League Cup games, he's it's just nice, man. Like Shakiri's a it's a good option to have. I can't lie. Very good option. Having um, having options is, is yeah. what I've always wanted us to have. And completely agree. What, and so it just feels good to to know that we somewhat have that. So yeah. I mean I've 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 been said at least fairly critical of Shaq. And I, I for what I would have sold him in the summer. because um, if he just wasn't gonna play, it's might as well cash him yeah. in what the eight million quid for him. But I mean it's like like Top said, he ha- he's had the he had the option to go. I mean, we all know that he didn't play that League Cup game because he was close to leaving. He said no, wants to stay for his stay and fight for his place, which you know you have to admire. Um, he just needs to stay fit at this point. I think uh, for me, it's never been a question of ability. I mean, the one thing I've always had a bit of an issue with with him is for every asset of his career, he's also he's probably thought that he's the best player on the pitch wherever he's been. So that accounts for when he was at Bayern Munich, into Milan, and obviously by default when he was at Stoke because it's Stoke. Um, yeah. And if he can kind of accept the fact he's going to be a bench player for Liverpool and he's going to be an impact sub. Mate, the possibilities are endless because when he came on against West Ham, and we'll talk about it now, he's fantastic. And if he you was. get that through for, for this season, especially with the amount of games and how compact it's going to be, and how much you have to rely on your wider squad, it's it's a core asset to have. No, 100%, 100%, 100%. Let's touch on that West Ham game. Uh, we started out really shit, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> We're fucking we're awful. I mean, this has been this has been a bit of a big problem of mine. And Glam, I'll come to you on this. Um, I don't think we've been able to see the full potential of what these Liverpool teams can do in the past two games. That includes Sheffield United uh, in this as well, because we've just been conceding stupid, stupid goals so early on that the game plan just mm. goes completely out of the window. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, it's weird because when we go one 0 down, I still see it as no, no, thinking myself. Yeah, yeah, we're going to come back. I'll just get pissed off at the actual goal. But when we go 1-0 down, it's not a thing of like, oh, we're going to get out of this game. Because I know we'll come back and we'll start, obviously, um, playing. But, you know, a lot of these goals as well, they're just so sloppy goals. And the team do get a bit of luck, but it's just so sloppy. And, I, and we need to iron it out. I don't know if you'd be... I think after, obviously, especially this game now, I think we're going to the City game with confidence. I think the Sheffield United... The rubber, the green, again, it's a close game, but it really wasn't that close. So the confidence wasn't really there. It wasn't exactly firing all cylinders. I think now, obviously, we're firing all cylinders against a very good team at Atlanta away in the circus. So the team's going to be buzzing. And maybe that's what we need to obviously kickstart our season. But, um, you know, I say kickstart season when we're top of the league. But that's the <laughs> expectations that we got. But, um, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's really frustrating. And obviously, um, um, Anik obviously brought it up, like, a few pods ago and a lot of us wasn't worried when he's um questioned our defense and albeit yeah we've got Van Dyke it's 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 still an a thing where we need to just cut out the sloppy goals man. We just need to cut out the sloppy goals. But listen hey we're not sitting there complaining. Obviously we're top but this is our expectations isn't it we we want we want it corrected and eradicated so yeah. Yeah, um, Alec, I'll come to you on this. It's one. It's a case of, obviously, I think Glam's completely correct in what, he's, in what he's just said. It's a case of if you want to make things easier on yourself, just cut out the stupid mistakes. And that goes for like every facet of life as well. So, I mean, let's let's touch on the uh, um, uh, 
Fornals' goal from the West Ham game. Uh, it's a it's a poor job by Curtis Jones to kind of track the overlap run where Trent was telling him to go and he, you know, he's really got that covered. Um, and then obviously the ball into the box. Gomez can do a lot better in terms of heading it away. Uh, I think he's one of those ones where he's misplaced it. And then as a result of you know the, the Jones and Trent mix-up, no one's picking up Fornals. He's in acres of space and he slotted it really well. So from West Ham's point of view, they've had a dream start because we knew they were going to play in that weird 4-5-4-1 or 3-5-2, whatever the fuck they want to call it, that defensive setup. So it literally played to their hands. Yeah, I think also, yeah, I think that's a good point. I think in the lead-up to that goal, there's four instances where we could have prevented the goal from taking place. So if Jones had tracked his man or followed Trent's instructions, if Gomez had cleared it, in the second phase, not straight to the player. If that player was being marked closely, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like that, that it header could literally, it's like it could another. go anywhere. Yeah. That header could go literally anywhere. It's like, okay, cool. It's literally straight magneted to, to four Nelsie's feet. Yeah. It's just, just um, madness. Yeah. So it, I, I saw that as like a sequence of events that just ended up in the wrong place at the wrong time. So it ended up at his feet. And then Allison. I've I've seen him save shots like that, so I, I would have expected him to save it. But fair enough, he he placed it perfectly, and um and you know we went one nil down, and I just find that just just a bit annoying to be honest with you because it just doesn't pass in the best of positions. But if there's ever a time to concede, you concede early so you can get yourself back in the game, and and that's exactly what we've done. Um, I think also touching on what um Glam said, I think I can't complain about the results. If if I was to be a perfectionist, then maybe just just get a few more clean sheets on the board. I know we're doing that in Europe for fun. Um, maybe in the league, if we can just sort of shore it up a bit, then yeah, that'll give us a bit, a bit more confidence. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, I think one of the things we were also worried about going into this game as well was um, our lack of kind of aerial quality from a defensive point of view. And the man that came in, the, the Titan, Nat Phillips, came in and absolutely shored that up. He had Halla in his back pocket, had 40 million, 42 million pounds worth of German, German, well, he's not German, is he? He's French, uh, but from, from the Bundesliga in his back pocket. Um, and when you're going up against a really aerial dominant team of just massive lads, I mean, West Ham have got massive lads in their teams. So look, you look at Suchek and Declan Rice and Kufal. Like Kufal's like six foot two and he's playing left back, like left wing back. He's like, what the fuck's going on here? Um, Joel, come to you on this. Um, it's a nice feel good story. It's a nice feel good moment that Nafif's can have for the rest of his rest of his career. And I think he came in and acquitted himself very well. Yeah, um, I loved it. He was aggressive. He was aggressive in the air as well, and we needed that. West Ham thought maybe with Van Dyke being out that they'll be able to come through and then just try to. I, I guess, um, for better terms, I, I couldn't find a better word, Ramos in the air. Um, but he was so assured when the ball went up and he he would leap like a salmon and just aggressively attack the ball. And I was really happy to see that because what that does is it kind of galvanizes everyone else that, you know, listen, Nat's doing it. Nat hasn't even been here for, for, for very long, but he's, you know, He's getting up there. He's putting his body about, and he was doing it. So I was really, I was really happy with his performance. I can't really complain too much about the result. I think what annoys me is the fact that we're going into a run of fixtures where we don't want to have to overexert ourselves trying to get back into games because we've made a silly mistake 
on defense and now they've scored. Now we have to exert more energy to score more goals. But it just seems that this is just going to be the, the law of the land for the net for, for this season only. No one really can defend at a high clip. So if we're going to concede, we just need to make sure that um, we're keeping it tight and we're scoring more goals than we're conceding because it just seems this is just the way it's going to be. Um, but we need to cut out those, the silly mistakes. I think the mistakes where we're not paying attention, not tracking runners, um, ping ball, you know, sort of football in the box where it's bouncing or, you know, whatever. That's something you can't really account for. But, I mean, all in all, I was happy with Nat Phillips. Loved his performance. I feel he's he's given Klopp uh, something to think about. Um, that, okay, maybe he could come in at fourth choice, fifth choice, play some of our um, cup games or, or domestic games, sorry, domestic cup games or, or whatever that may be, but actually be a, a, a mainstay in the squad. So, um, mm. I mean, I, I don't really have too much to complain about. I, I'm just happy with the three points. That's all I really care about. Um, but when Nat Phillips comes up with a decent performance like that, it's like the little cherry on top of the cake. So no complaints from me. No, awesome stuff. I think... It's good to have someone that we know can be dependent airily in the air because I know as soon as we, I know that what Steve Bruce will do when we play Newcastle, he is he's a play Andy Harrell, and now you know you've got someone who can come in and just literally kind of yeah. give him, you know, go bar for bar with him in terms of from an aerial point of view. So that's 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 good to know because I was thinking about that the other week, thinking you know we've got no aerial promise, and you know you know the, what no no I I haven't seen any I haven't seen a lot of people. Um, match up with Andy Carroll. That's one thing you can't, you cannot do with Andy Carroll. He's just always going to win. He's like 6'4", and he's got a basketball player's vertical on him. So Andy Carroll will win his fair share. It's just making sure he doesn't get those opportunities in the box where he's really, really dangerous. But, you know, you, you know, maybe double him, maybe stick two people on him, um, a DM and, and a centre-back on him to cause him trouble. But, you know, we, we, should, we should be fine. I think we've got a lot of uh, tall players in our squad too that should be able to help out so yeah mm. it's not too much in there we've got one of them who hopefully will be coming back for the for the Man City game in, in Joel Matip as well so that's a, that'd, be, that'd be a good thing um, it's, it's, it's quite funny I mean as soon as West Ham got that corner at the very end of the game I think we were all thinking the exact same thing shit and we're thinking we're, we've got this all wrapped up in the bag and then West Ham got this corner like what the 94th minute but um, yeah, when Nafil said that ball out, it felt like a felt like we <laughs> felt like we scored. In all honesty, it was such a it was a clutch header. I mean, when you got again, I think when you got guys like Suchek and Declan Rice just kind of patrolling the box, it's uh, nice now that he came up and just, just won the ball. Um, yeah, I, was, I think in terms of for West Ham, I thought first half we started out really slow. Uh, second half we picked it up and obviously got it all going. Uh, but again, it's just good to know that we've got all these these, these two these players players in the for the squad depth that can come on and make a really good impact. Um, Anik, I'll give you the floor just to talk a little bit bit more about the Shakiri impact from this game because I know that's something you'll uh, kind of want to get in before we uh, get the pot off. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Um, yeah, so I think the game was 
one one. Um, and I think at, at at that point, I think it was midway through the second half. I think Klopp, you know, bringing on Jota and Shaq was. Um, I, I I was actually quite impressed by that to know that Klopp can actually, you know, sort of turn around and say, you know, I've got two players on the bench that can hopefully come and change it. So I was it was, it was quite refreshing to see. Would have would they made would they have made the impact? Would I have expected them to make that sort of impact? In all honesty, probably not. Um, but to be honest with you, when 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 Shaq came on, you know he he came on in, in centre midfield and and he he just he he just unlocked the defence with with one pass um, into Jota and 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 it was a fantastic finish. Um, I think I think also touching on Shaq, I think it's good to have that option there. Um, and it's not just a case of him having the techers and, and being able to unlock the defence. We've also seen him getting back, tracking the ball, trying to press the ball. Um, and obviously that all adds up um, and, and and Klopp obviously sees that as an attribute. I think Shaq, he's not, we, we know well enough that he's not going to be challenging for the starting eleven. But I think at the moment he's happy enough to come off the bench and 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 put in a really good performance which is um which is what he'd done against Midgetland um for in in terms of working the first goal and then you know uh aiding Jota for, for the winning goal against West Ham so yeah I was obviously I, I, I like Shaq a lot so I was very happy with that performance um and 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 hopefully hopefully in you know in the coming months we can see a few more cameos because I definitely think that, that that's a good um good outlet to have on the bench yeah as many catalyst players we can have on the bench it's it's as good as possible really you know we want to have people where you can say I can turn to you when there's you know 20 minutes of the game where you can just come on and make an impact you know whether in a winning or losing position just to kind of spice things up a little it's it's always a good thing to have so long may it continue uh, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the um, and I'm, I'm very much you, actually if you're not watching the video I'm using air quotes here the Salah penalty issue um I think we can all agree that it was a it was a stonewall penalty, can we not? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 it was a penalty. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know why. I don't, I don't know what Masaraki was doing. He, he clearly fouls him. Salah. Got, I mean, we've seen so many times before in the past where Salah is not given clear cut fouls uh, when he has some of the most touches. I think. I think that that stat. I think I found. From before, where it was a list of players who get called for fouls, and he's so far down the list. And obviously, Grealish is at the top, but I think pound for pound, Salah has far more touches than Grealish, and just does not get any fouls called. There's been so many instances where he just stays up on his feet because he knows he's not going to get a foul called. And when mm. he does go down, you have an instance like this where we're having clear issues of just saying, "Is it a penalty or is it not a penalty?" Because it's Mo Salah. It's just it's it's absolutely stupidity, and I don't know how you guys feel about it. Julian, I'll come to you. The whole sentiment around missing the whole circus that has been made about it—how does that make you feel? Uh, to be honest, I haven't concentrated on it too much, but I have seen a couple of you know reports, um, also comparing it to Harry Kane's, um, which is yeah, it's 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 nothing. To be honest, um, the pro- the reason why it's probably just gone over my head because it's nothing new. When it's an English yeah. player. I remember this specifically when I remember Vardy at um, the Emirates when he got himself a pen for diving. It was smart play because he was able to attract, you know, um, the defender to get his leg out. But then, you know, when it's Salah who's someone that clearly gets pens as well, it's it's 
he's he's diving, he's playing for it, he's whatever. We sometimes, to be fair, he does, but to be honest, it is what it is, man. Like as long as we get the pens, and you know Harry Kane, you know he he does the same thing, and the, the fair play to him if he's able to get the pen. So yeah, man, it is what it is. I don't really care too much for the reactions of journalists and, and pundits, to be honest. I mean, but but you should because they will swear they will sway how people think or they shouldn't because we have VAR. If he kicks Salah in the leg and and he goes down and he goes down, it is what it is. It's not like he's not getting kicked. It's Bro, not like they could they could rake. In fact, they have raked down Salah's legs like his Achilles, and they have called it minimal contact. Mm. You know, it's they always pull this thing where it's oh, was it enough contact to bring you down? Listen, I, as as far as I remember, um, I, I don't think the law speaks about having enough contact to bring you down. Um, so p- correct me if I'm wrong, but there's this thing that we do over here, in, and, and it's it's really strange where we try to make it a foreign thing, this diving thing, where probably the most artistic divers I've seen um, have been Vardy, have been Kane, who do more than by contact. They just, I mean, there were even times I've seen Rashford do the same thing as well. I think there's a, there's a game against Swansea that that springs to mind. I think it was either um, the last season or season before, a uh, season before that, where they played Swansea and he blatantly dived and they gave the pen and they tried to they tried as much as they possibly could to say that oh you know if you um make contact with the player and they go down it's a it's a penalty and and these things seem to shift and change more so with the players who aren't english um they demonize those english players a lot less than they do the foreign ones and try to make it out like diving is a foreign import um, when in reality the dark arts have been more than uh, more than taken over by some of these English players, so it's really silly. It's lazy journalism. It's also lazy when pundits are on TV having this discussion when you can see quite clearly there is contact. It doesn't matter how much contact he's been impeded. He's kicked. He's kicked his foot. It doesn't matter what power how much strength or whatever the person has or how big they are they even do this with tall players as well where oh he's a big lad he shouldn't be going down that easy no if you don't you know if if, if you don't let the referee know that you're being impeded how impeded how will you get the call like what what do they want them to do to 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 get injured before they finally say okay he, you know he, he should he should have went down uh, i think mm-hmm. it's silly i think it's lazy and i think there's we know what's behind it without going into too much detail, but it really, really, really annoys me because these are the, the sort of profiles that we give players that will now trickle down to, to impressionable people, impressionable fans who will now take that as gospel as these are the guys who dive when in, in real reality, they all probably do it to this point. So it's just really lazy and it's something I don't want to see again. Let's call it spade a spade, really. I mean, it's, it's, fair, it's fairly xenophobic intent that's being attached towards like you said joe it means the you know the, the, the dark art and the diving concept that's mainly pulled over as you know something that has been brought to this country by all the foreign influx of players when it's like you said most of the time when i've seen it worked to a t is when it's english players doing it i mean let's not let's not be stupid gerard did it at certain periods of, right. of his career where he won penalties right um, and he went down a little bit easier but Sterling, it wasn't. sterling to yeah Harry- delhi alley 
it's, it's, it's they have adopted it. They have they have been they have molded themselves in the dark art, so to speak. So we just need to call it down the middle and just just stop. It's lazy. And if I was if I, if I was a lot more brazen with with my um, with my social media, I'll probably be attacking a lot of the the journals who try to push that agenda because it's just it's just nasty and there's there's no there's no place for it because it, it has the little like the the, the 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 sly little connotations behind it, especially the ones that they 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 continuously pick on. Um, so it, it, I mean, it is what it is. We just have to. The, our job is just to be able to call it out and bring awareness to the fact that listen, everyone does it. Um, and it's a, it's, it's not a, it's not a British thing or, or whatever. It's just a football thing. People do it. And if you, if you, if you miss a tackle, shoot, the, the likelihood is you're going to get penalized with penalty. So. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think, I think on that point, it's a case of, you know, as, as cliche as it sounds, it, it is what it is. I mean, um, Salah picked up the ball. He was, I think he was away from goal. You know, he wasn't expecting, I think it was Masawaku, correct if I'm wrong, but I think it was Masawaku that clipped him on the leg. Look, he's clipped him on the leg. It it can be, you can call it soft, you can call it, you know, very lenient. You know, regardless, he clipped him on the leg. They've got now the technology at hand. They must have reviewed it and it's been given as a penalty. In the similar fashion, you know, with with, with Harry Kane's penalty incident, the ball was in the air and he knew he's, 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 he's a very clever professional footballer. I'm sure he knew exactly what he was doing. And he drew the foul from Lalana, and it was a penalty. You know, it, it is what it is. The game is a game and you can see exactly what Harry Kane was doing. In a similar fashion, Salah picked up the ball. He got clipped and it's a pen. Um to be honest with you, I don't want to get drawn into saying that oh, certain players dive and whatnot. I just see, to be honest with you, I see both incidents as separate as such. I think one, Harry Kane knew what he was doing to get the penalty. The other one, Salah was actually fouled. Um, 100. So yeah, I agree. That, that's, I, agree. I, I think that's my take on it. Yeah. I agree. And the thing with Salah, I, I think more what, what, what they're going on about, it's not that Salah was fouled. They're talking about how he went down or how he reacted. Okay, that's neither there or there. He was fouled, and this 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 this, exactly. this is starting to annoy me. He was kicked from the back, and it's a foul. That's it. Don't matter what how he's gone down or whatever, because we've had raw decisions against us all season. And for Moyes to come out and just cheekily just stand there in front and that be like, oh, what's he done? Oh, no that's the, that's, the whole thing. That is, that's typical, David. Remember the Suarez incident? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But it's just, it's it's, it's it's, it's, it's appalling. It's, it's sour grapes, isn't it? It's just sour grapes. Isn't it? You're disappointed. Your team took the lead. They didn't build on it. We're, 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 we're short at defence. We've got a 23-year-old making his debut. And it's just sour grapes, isn't it? Like You just thought that your team would yeah. kick on, and it didn't. Simple. I expect nothing less from a bum that's never got a, get a winner at Anfield before. So, you know, it is what it is, isn't it? I, I've, I've found that, um, that, that sad statistic, by the way. This was from uh, late July. So uh, six players had more attacking third touches than Salah. He's first by t- five, he's first by a fucking mile of touches inside the box. Twenty first for dribble attempts, ninth for dribble success percentage. Yet one hundred and fifty two players were fouled quotation marks more than him last season. And Liverpool's front three were all in the top five for most touches inside the penalty area. Yet we only got three foul three penalties between them all. 
contrast yeah. that for Man- contrast that for Manchester United from three, who were ninth, nineteen who are ninth, 19th, and 49th in the list of pen box touches. And they got seven, seven penalties between yeah, them. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's why I say the, the narrative that's painted by the, the media, that is really important because it doesn't matter who you are, you read the papers, you check Twitter, you, you're watching TV, you see match of the day, you watch these things. So that sort of bias will creep in, doesn't matter how unbiased you think you are. Um, and that's why it's really important that they, they shouldn't just be doing this lazy journalism. And, you know, listen, the, the United's front three um, consists of two English players. Um, and, you know, it, you know, take take from that what, what you will. Meanwhile, every time there's a penalty incident, um, including Mane or including Salah, there's always some sort of question behind it. But when it's a, a, certain, um, a certain player uh, from a certain country, it's you know there's no there's no arguments it's you know don't make contact in the box so these things matter that's why i say you know the, the journalism needs to get a lot more better in response in, in regards to this penalty incident not in general but the penalty incidents and pundits and whoever come on tv need to start making um need to start putting together a better analysis instead of just saying whatever because the game's different this isn't 1990 or 1980s or, or, or whatever if you chop if you chop someone down you don't get to determine their reaction if i slap you you don't get to the you don't you, you i don't get to determine how you react to that if i kick you you don't get to re- determine you know how you react to that same way if you're kicking someone in the penalty box you don't get to determine how they should react to that if they go down they go down next time don't kick them without getting the ball it's just it's as simple as that so i mean we, we, we've dealt with it before it is what it is so um, i remember was it Alan? no was it Allardyce? when referring to um, Lovren um, touching Calvert-Lewin. Yeah. And, um, and it wasn't even like it was a full force thing. It's like a brush and Calvert-Lewin goes down. And you can see that Calvert-Lewin has, you can, there's an argument for Calvert-Lewin diving or for Calvert-Lewin playing for the penalty, but no one has that conversation. But then as soon as it happens to Allardyce against us, um, was, it, was it Lovren or how did that go? Where a penalty was given against Allardyce, he was complaining. I think I think that went the other way around where we, we must have got a penalty or something along those lines. But it was just ironic just to see how stuff comes full circle for some of these clowns who like to who like to um, somewhat patrol, the penalty patrol is what I like to call them. Um, I like to call them something else, but I won't. <laughs> yeah, take a, take a note from, from Marlow from The Wire. You want it one way. Yeah, um, Can't be one way. One way, um, but yeah, no, it's been a successful week. All things LFC. If there's anything else you guys want to pick up on topic wise, uh, let's get it in. If not, we'll uh, we'll sign off and we'll uh, get that Manchester City preview in the books by the end of the week. That will be av- exclusively available on our Patreon page. So if you do want to hear our thoughts pre Manchester City, head over to www.patreon.com forward slash Frackers and subscribe today. So from myself, Christian. From Joe, Julian, Anik, and last but not least, Mr. Glam, the amazing man himself. That has been this week's episode of Cop and Fracas. Uh, and we will see you next week for some post Manchester City madness. He's hoping it's three points in the back for that as well. So until then, we'll see you soon. Let's go, Reds. Let's go. There you guys.
Sometimes saving money takes work. Like when you have to walk an extra block for that coffee deal or battle pop-up ads to get online coupon codes. But when you switch to Xfinity Mobile, saving money is easy peasy. You'll save up to $400 a year on your wireless bill. And you can even get $250 off when you purchase an eligible smartphone now through January 4th. So you can do the same thing you always do, just with more money in your pocket. That's simple, easy, awesome. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Wireless savings compares to averages of top providers. Xfinity Internet required. Sports Social Podcast Network.